G'day, Guitar Wankers. Welcome again to another Guitar Wank podcast. I am your host with the most, uh, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us. Hello all around the world, wherever you are listening to us tonight, this evening, tomorrow, whatever time you're listening, I don't know. Anyway, this is 175 on the Guitar Wank Richter scale. And uh, we have a big one today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, July 1st, what do we got? Mr. Scotty Henderson's new album. Woohoo! Scotty Henderson, People Mover is out. And uh, so far, everyone's, I believe, loving it. Killer album cover. We talk about it on this episode. We're going to continue from last week with Mr. Scotty Henderson, the great man he is. Congratulations, Scott, on an amazing album. Um, I was lucky enough to get a copy. And me and Bruce were lucky enough to get a thank you on the uh, on the CD. So I'm I'm super super proud and stoked and honoured. And uh, we had to listen to it. And um, uh, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I mean, where the fuck does anyone learn to play like that? That's all I can say. It's insane. It's amazing. Go get it. People mover. Scott Henderson. Go get it. I don't know what planet. He is going to, or he's come from, but it's amazing, and the playing is sick. That's all I can say. It is sick. So, uh, congratulations, Scott. Uh, I hope all the Guitar Wank fans out there enjoy it, and uh, it's definitely worth a purchase. And you'll be supporting Scott and keeping him off the streets. If you listen to the show, you know how important that is, to keep Bruce and Scott off the streets. And you can do that by buying their albums, Supporting Guitar Wank, donating, go to uh, patreon.com, sign up there, be a part of the prizes, which we need to get back to. I know it's just it's that time of year, like here in America, this time of year is just crazy. The kids are off, it's turning into summer, or it is summer now, and it's just nuts. Work's crazy, everything's just upended, as you can tell. Uh, so when Scotty and uh, Bruce get back, we'll uh, continue with the 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 guests i mean the guests and the gifts <laughs> everything else we're fucking doing um i know we've got a quilter amp to give away we've got the Wireworld pro audio stuff to give away we've got t-shirts we've got mugs we've got uh we've got everything so hang in with us stick with us don't give up on us now <laughs> it's only been three years don't give up on us now man don't leave i know you have plenty of other professional more accomplished guitar podcasts out there but really do they deliver really really do they deliver i don't know i have my doubts i mean jude gold come on he's hooked up with guitar player he gets all those guests come on jude actually we've got to get jude on the show jude come on the show (laughs) i want to ask you questions about all the questions you've asked all your guests that could be fun but anyway um mr foreman is actually on a plane well we hope uh Coming back from Sydney, Australia, he just finished his tour down there to all the Australians that caught up with Mr. Bruce Foreman down there, and there's a bunch of them. Um, big, big shout out, big thanks for looking after our, our young man down there. He's uh, such a great man, and he had an amazing time. He kept saying to me, Troy, why why do you live in LA? Why, why did you leave this country? Everyone's so nice. And uh, he got so looked after, and the support was amazing. And um, there were some people I need to say a big thanks to. Kippo from uh, Three Wise Monkeys. If you don't know their ba- that band, go check them out. Three Wise Monkeys, awesome music, musicianship, players. Kippo's a fantastic guitarist. And one of my best mates, and he looked after Bruce. Uh, he went beyond the call of duty for this one. <laughs> he really did look after Bruce. So thanks to him. Thanks to everyone else down in Australia. Neil and there's uh, David and Marcus and uh, Brett Garsed caught up with Bruce. And uh, Brett was at the show too. Brett, I wish I was there, mate. You've got to come to America so we can have you on the show. Um, I know there's some other people I need to say g'day to. I've got to say g'day to Tim Rollinson. Tim! Tim is from a band, is the guitarist from a band called Dig. They, I don't know if they're still going. Are you guys still going? I'm 
so out of the loop. But anyway, they're a, a killer band in Australia back in the day. And um, Tim's an awesome guitarist. And uh, I used to play a lot of his stuff back in the day. But anyway, Tim listens, apparently. And he met my mate Kippo and they were talking about the show. So big shout out to Tim Rollinson. Thanks, mate. Love your playing. Love what you do. Um, so all the Aussies down there, thank you so much for looking after Bruce Foreman. He could not believe how many guitar wank listeners he ran into. And I'm sure this would be this would happen anywhere in the world. Bullshit! No, just in Australia, it happened a lot. And uh, he was just overwhelmed with the support and the community that he so highly speaks of. <laughs> and Bruce and Scott's always like, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, was amazing. And I'm, I'm sure Bruce will share his stories next time on the show. But he had an amazing time and the support and everything was great down there. Danielle kicked ass. She, she was amazing and beautiful as always. And uh, yeah. So I hope you guys got to see it down there. If you didn't, I'm sure they're going to be back because they had such an amazing time. And uh, yeah, so that's that. That's that in a shit bag. All right. So to all my Aussie mates down there or guitar wank listeners, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You, you make me want to come home. But then I have weather like we had today in LA and I flatly refuse and I just choose to stay here. Uh, all right. So today's episode, we're going to get back to... Uh, what. Scotty from last week because I, I, I feel it's very fitting to continue on with uh, Scotty Henderson and talking about the album and that and of course when we comes back we'll talk more about the songs and what drugs he was smoking and uh, and prescription drugs he was taking while he was making this album to play like that and find out we'll go deeper deeper into the bowels of Scott Henderson I'm sure that'll be fun so yeah so we'll do that um, I know there was something else. What was something else I had to say? Ah, uh, oh, Troy Dexter will be playing at the uh, Vitalos here in Los Angeles in Studio City on the 12th of July, I believe that is. That's like two weeks away, ladies and gentlemen. Don't miss the show. We, um, we're actually going to play his episode next week. And uh, you guys can check out Troy Dexter. Amazing guitarist. He's a, he's a multi-instrumentalist prick. That's basically how I uh, <laughs> projected it down. And he's just an amazing, amazing bloke, beautiful man. I love him. And uh, I used to play with him in Wilson Phillips and he played keys. And then he gets on guitar and he's like Larry Carlton, Lee Red now mixed with a bunch of other stuff. I mean, the guy is like, he plays like butter. And uh, he's got amazing tone and he writes killer songs. And he's super, super talented. And I can't say enough about him. Troy Dexter at Vitalo's 12th of July. Go see it. I think it's like two Fridays from now or something. But anyway, Studio City, don't miss it because it's such a great night, really great venue, and uh, you will love Troy Dexter. He's got a full band. His son Taylor is on drums, and they kick ass, and it's it's a really, it's worth, worth it. Definitely worth it. Um, what else is going on in the world of Guitar Wank? That's it. That's pretty much all I got. All right, so let's get into it because I know how you love how I ramble. Uh, I'm going to have a beer for all my Aussie mates down under, under. Thank you guys for looking after Bruce and Danielle. They so appreciate it. To everyone out there who has bought Scott's album and the reviews have been amazing so far, thank you for supporting Scott. We all know he's amazing and um, it's a killer album and I know he's he was super nervous and excited and I think it's... Uh, yeah, his baby has been delivered. <laughs> All right, so uh, as this episode plays, we'll throw in some sneak peeks of Scott's album, People Mover. You can get it on or where you get all your music, you know, CD Baby and iTunes and all that kind of shit, wherever. Um, or go to Scott Henderson's website and uh, you get it there too. So um, maybe you'll give us a signed copy. Um, yeah, so we'll play some of those, a snippet of some of those tunes. Scott was like, no, nah, don't play the whole song, mate. Just play some Make them fast. That's exactly what it's So, uh, alright, let's get into it. Thanks, guys, for all the support. Thank you for all the emails. Keep it going. And we'll see you next week. Safe, with you sound, community, and...
does have a lot of guys like Holford, who used like in what, the 87, and he was So the thinner the string, the thinner the sound, and the more you might need like one of those vocal mics to make the fat it up. Yeah. But if you're using 10s or 11s, you don't really need a... Or 14s. Yeah, or 14, <laughs> 14s. Yeah, I don't think you need a Neumann for that. <laughs> but it's such a rabbit hole, isn't it? Once you, like, if you tweak one thing, everything changes, and it's... It's I'm absolutely sure there's probably some mics out there that I haven't heard that I yeah. would like, you know, because there's so many. But I guess when you get used to something and, you, and it sounds good to your ears. Why, and why fuck with it? Why, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, guys have been using 57s on their guitar since the dawn of rock guitar. And all those, that music <laughs> recorded by Jimmy Page and... And, and, and Richie Blackmore and stuff. Not so much Hendrix, but like, say, for example, now here I go putting down Eddie Kramer again. You know, <laughs> I'm not an Eddie Kramer fan. Right? We know you're not an Eddie Kramer yes. fan. And He's the, actually and, our guest next week. <laughs> and the, yeah, and the reason I'm not is because here you've got a great, a great guitar player with great tone. Why would you put five different mics on his speaker cabinet and mix those mics all together to get a sound? And I think all it did was make his tone sound thinner. Mm where if you listen to a record like um, uh, Band of Gypsies, which was recorded in a room with a 57, yep. I think that's like his best tone. Right. And and I'm hearing all this live Hendrix stuff That's his tone is sounds so much more real and natural than it did in the studio, and I'm thinking that's because there's just one mic on the speaker cabinet instead of 10. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that. Uh, yeah. Eddie was definitely thinking more is better when that. I guess, or I think it was more of an ego thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think he thought by combining a bunch of different microphones, that was going to give him a signature engineer sound that he could say, yeah, this is my like recipe of tone, which actually wasn't a good recipe at all, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But, yeah. but uh, yeah. Anyway. Wow, man! Most, most of the guys I know use one mic. One mic, yeah. yeah just yeah. make it simple and put and move it if you want to. Right. Because it's amazing if you move it just an inch, you get a whole different. Well, like thing. on your my music masterclass recording videos, right? What yeah. You went, what you went through with all that? Yeah, you can see how where you mic if you mic the cone and turn the tone down on your guitar. As opposed to miking the paper and having your tone at ten, which is more of the traditional rock rock and roll way to do it. Yeah. What a difference. It that makes. It, that, 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 yeah, it's like a yeah. whole other animal. How do you yeah. how do you know with getting the volume of the amp right to so it sounds good? Do you just by playing it in the room and standing next to it and go, right, no, we're at a good no, volume? No, no, because you you just you just turn the amp up until you know that it's like working. Working. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't have to be up all the way. Just enough for the power tubes, because a lot of guys distort the power section, and that's not really a very pleasing kind of distortion. That's yeah. like a real fizzy yeah. kind of distortion. Um, the more smooth sounding distortion comes from the preamp tubes, and if you turn the 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 amp actually the master up too loud, you get fizz mm. and you get this nasty distortion. So you know if you have the amp on usually five or six, it's plenty yeah. loud enough because as long as the power tubes are hot yeah and they're doing something that's all you really need i mean um and the, already that's screaming loud mm. you're talking about a hundred watt loud amp it's loud as shit i got i got my head back from john oh so, yeah yeah he tweaked it and made it sound amazing good man yeah it just sounds like a great John's great. kick-ass Marshall. Man, I Ooh, love his man. factory. Oh, he gave me the tour. Oh, yeah. And... Was, isn't that fun? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I was blown away. It was almost like going to a doc, a really good doctor's place or something. Did they ask you to bend over? Uh, no, he did there? that a couple of times. It was an amazing experience. <laughs> but uh, John was great, and I talked to his um, his son, who's designing. Kevin's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. what a, The kid's just really mm -hmm. dialed in, man. He's building pedals. He's a wizard. And, he is a wizard. He was like, oh, check this out and show me all these cool yeah, that's pedal a designs. fun place to hang. I'm going there Friday. Oh, okay. Because they have to um, change a volume pot in my guitar because I got these new pots from Dunlop. Mm -hmm. um, the, the CTS pots that John usually uses, 
he gets good batches and bad batches and and after a while out on the road they get scratchy and you know it's pretty noticeable when right. you know you're playing soft and you turn the volume knob up and you hear this <laughs> right so i got these um adam stark told me about these jim dumlop pots that are sealed and um they're supposed to be much better. Right. So I got I bought like 10 of those and I'm going to have one put in and try this on this next tour to see if cuz I've had some CTS pots last for literally 2 weeks. Wow. And then they they start making that scratchy, that scratchy sound. noise, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, so But they uh, different pots like that won't affect your tone? No. Right. They're just they're just they're just the same thing. It's just that they're sealed so that no no dust, dust can get shit. in there. Yeah. And they're supposed to be made with better parts and stuff. So I'm gonna try it. Yeah, yeah. But um, how many t- guitars yeah. you take on the road? Just one. Yeah, yeah. Because it's already a hassle enough to fight with the airlines over one guitar. If I had oh. two, it they, can. Yeah. Can Bruce talk? Can you talk about or not? Can I talk? No, I don't want to talk about. All right, it. Bruce has got something in the works. You know what? You, you, usually there's a fight every day <laughs> yeah, you know right? that's one of the stresses about being on the road because you've got you know two guys with guitars and are they going to let them in the cabin and and you can be on the same exact airline and at one airport they tell you you can take it on the plane and another right, airport they, they tell you you can't and it's the same airline so they never standardize the rules and they probably never will Except for someone like British Airlines, who just says no you way. can't take it. Of the period. Australian Airlines are the and same. Qantas, too. Uh, yeah. I think. I always try and walk up with the guitar standing on the offside of the person taking uh-huh. the ticket, and try and with my backpack and try yeah. and look yeah. like I'm all. You know what Romain does? He puts his bass on as a backpack, facing. Oh, downwards. downwards. Oh, that's smart. so. In other words, the bass body is by his butt. Yeah, and the neck, neck is... goes up behind his head so if you're really if you're literally standing in front of him you cannot see it on his back it's a cool idea so he goes up to the lady and just faces her right she doesn't see the base and he walks on with right which is and it's worked for him countless Countless times times. another way to do it is when you get up and they say no you got to check that here's your tag you know how they let you walk it down and leave it there yeah i just rip the tag off and just walk I've it I've done up. that too. It's like, yeah. fuck you. Works half the time. Half the time. Yeah. <laughs> then they pull you up. And, yeah, then ah. they pull you out. Like, where's your tag? I'm like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, that's but a you, bitch. You know, what I have noticed is most of the airlines, if they do make you check it, they put it on the oversized belt yeah. so that it goes right out to the plane. They hand carry it to the plane. They hand carry it back to the belt Ooh. and you pick it up at oversize and it never goes rolling and tumbling with the luggage. So right. Oh, you mean you're talking when that. you check it when you check it at the oversize cabin. Yeah, yeah. It that's what I that's what that. I gotta do today. Yeah, Bruce, yeah. you're off to Australia today. Oh, you're yeah. leaving for Australia today? Yeah. That's why we're in here in the morning and yeah. we can't drink alcohol. <laughs> well, I can drink oh shoot, I forgot. I've got a bottle of scotch in the car that oh, I was God. supposed it's, to bring in. Well, I guess five well, o'clock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm ready. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything today. I might as well. I hate to eat on an empty stomach. <laughs> How long are you in Australia for? A couple of weeks. Oh, wow. That's He's a long going, time. going down there for a bunch of gigs. Yeah, a bunch of gigs. A bunch, bunch of gigs mm-hmm. with the Aussies. Going to my hometown. You probably more gig, got Is more this gigs going up today? Is this the one that's going up today? We could put this on up today, yeah. Or, well, no, by now it's already, we're past, oh, past yeah. it. Yeah. You've probably got more gigs than me, and you're going to one country. <laughs> well, we, we have about, uh, oh. I'd say I have about 11, 10 well, gigs. Oh, that's good, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I have maybe 10, I hope. Where are you I going first? So. Uh, France, and then Warsaw, and then Italy, and then I'm not sure if there's a couple more gigs some. In other countries, but right. I think most of it is going to be in Italy for those little summer festivals that they have over there. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's which are it, fun because it's usually playing outdoors. And then like a great time outdoors. to go over there. It's like probably perfect weather, right? It's hot. Yeah, yeah, um, but it's fun because you know what? It's a great uh, place to sell CDs because you're not playing for your audience. Right, and and most of the people that are there. They're having a free concert in the town square for everybody. Oh wow! And they didn't. They're not paying. Yeah. So if they like the gig, they're, buy. They're, they might buy a CD because yep. if you play for your fans in a club, they already have your CD. Yeah. And, and they paid 
30 yeah. bucks to get and, in. Yeah, and they paid a bunch of money to get in. So this is free for everybody. So you're taking a lot of CDs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to take about 360 or, yeah, 60 in a spool. If I, yeah, maybe 300 yeah. something CDs. That's great, man. Hopefully I can sell a bunch of CDs at the gigs. I think uh, so, I think um, you'll sell. this. Do you know how many um, the last album sold? No, you know, I. that's sort of hard these days to figure out because if you go on the CD Baby thing, it doesn't really do it by... If you really go in there and get and dig deep, you can right. find out how many downloads and then how many physical CDs. Boy, I've never really done that. Is it... Hold on. And, and when they're downloading, they're downloading the whole album or just particular songs? They can download particular songs. Wow. So it makes it kind of hard to tell... Because some people go in and download two or three songs. Yeah. And then other people download the whole thing on MP3 or they buy the physical CD. It makes it kind of murky to try to tell how many records sold. I just look at how much money and write that down because that's all I care about. <laughs> it's like, am I going to get out of debt? <laughs> You're going to get out of debt? I can answer yeah. that. <laughs> you don't need to look on yeah, right. I can just tell you. I'm a jazz musician. There's really no I way. can tell you, you right now. need to go there. I can and, tell you right now. Yeah, I'm playing fusion. Do I really need to even yeah, really, go there? Really. <laughs> I, I, like, I know Bruce is going down there with Danielle DeAndrea, which we, when you hear this, he's probably already there or might be on his way back. I don't know. Yeah. Is that the singer on the the, the 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 recording you sent me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's good. The, yeah, she's, she's really good. She's badass. And yeah. them two together. So you guys, they're going to be doing a bunch of cool shit in Australia. And yeah. you're doing some red guitar. Doing some red guitar. Guitar. Um, yeah, and he's playing and some, in my hometown, which is really cool. Which is? Terelgan. Oh, that's not a big city. It's a small, no, it's small city. Small, it's like under 30,000. Close it? It might to be what 30, big city? Close, about two hours out of Melbourne. Okay. Two hours out of Melbourne. Yeah, about two hours out of Melbourne. And the cool thing is, um, you guys all know the story, how I just was introduced to Bruce through my guitar teacher back in Australia like uh-huh. 20 years ago, uh-huh. over 20 years ago, where he gave me a cassette, check this guy out, mm-hmm. amongst uh, other uh, jazz guitarists, and I really fell in love with Bruce's playing because mm-hmm. I just watched Charlie Parker and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, and all that. Well, now Bruce gets to go hang with my guitar teacher. Oh, cool. And it's full circle. The story uh-huh. becomes full circle. Awesome. So that's going to be really cool. We've that always reminds me of Darth Vader. What's that? Full, full circle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could see this becoming a Netflix series. <laughs> yeah. Right? This, this sci-fi yeah. picture right. of the guitar. Right. They may, you might go down to I'll have to post some pictures of the actual model. Oh, you got to do because it. Because they're really funny, man. Like, it, it looks totally looks like amateur hour when you see the model compared to what he did with it in Photoshop. I think you should play it at the gig. Or is it, un- it's unplayable, obviously. Or you could play it. Bruce, you, any ideas on maybe an arch top like this, sci-fi style? <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure, sure. An arch top. Sure. I yeah. can see Bruce jumping on this bandwagon. You know, I finally got my Sontag. My uh, did it make the album or not? It didn't make the album, but right. um, but it it sounds amazing, and and um, I may put a humbucking pickup on it. Yeah, yeah, because I one thing that I noticed when I was doing the track, I rented a, a D'Angelico right from a music store to do this particular track, and and it fit the track better because it's a. It's that sound. It sounds more like like the L five sound, you know, the big right. big box <laughs> sound, and it's thicker. Where I feel like a guitar with a single coil pickup would have been thinner and maybe a little more lost in the mix. Right. And I think the reason that it worked so well on Chelsea Bridge on Vibe Station was because there wasn't a lot of action from the bass and drums. The mm. bass was just laying down whole notes. Yeah. And Alan was pretty much on a cymbal, you know. So I was able to turn the guitar up and make it sound full. But on this particular track, the guys are wailing. Yeah, well, you so, know, on, on mine, I have a humbucker, but I can split the coil and, and play it single coil. Which would be cool. That's maybe and, what I'll do, too. And it, is it the same as Bruce's? It's the same as Bruce's. And, same yeah. color? 
Same color. I wanted to copy him exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he's so stalking. You, he's a stalker. I'm so stalking. He's stalking. So technically, you could turn up at the Red Guitar gig. No, and, I'm going to have my own Red Guitar <laughs> gig. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call it the Red Guitar. Yeah. I'm going to play like Hendrix too. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff on auto body. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and and you know, yeah. The the well, first of all, the sing, when you when you split the coil, it's a lot less powerful. Yeah. First yeah. of all, but second yeah. of all, I mean, what I notice is is it's a lot more acoustic sounding, a lot more transparent sounding. Mm-hmm. The low notes are really clear, which you know when you get the humbucker on a hollow body. Yeah. The low notes can get real. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely. And 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 that's kind of where I kind of, but I but of course the high notes get so much fatter mm-hmm. with the humbucker. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I I kind of like. I mean, it's, I guess that's my equivalent of a pedal. You know, right, <laughs> I, mean, right. I got my two sounds. I got my yeah, single coil. But it's my... nice to have the, the yeah, tape. yeah. And I generally keep one for a gig. I don't move it back and forth a lot. But um, unless maybe if I'm playing a solo intro, you know, but like like an organ trio, you got to play so loud. I need the humbucker to mm-hmm. you know to fight the fight. You know, unless... on this on this recording, I I put the guitar through an RC booster. That'll and just help. turned the volume completely down and the gain completely down, just went through the pedal. Yeah. And it definitely helped clean up the bass, like made it a lot tightened more. Tightened it up. Tightened it up. Yeah. And it really helped, and even fattened it up a little bit. So that was a nice yeah. tool. And who would have ever thought you'd put an acoustic, uh, you know, a, oh, no, a jazz believe me, I have, because I was, using one yeah, for a long, right? I was using yeah. one for a long time with my L5, mm-hmm. and I hipped a lot, of, a lot of guys are using them now. Yeah. Jazz guys. I have, I have one friend who won't play without it. Yeah, it really well, helps a lot. With an RC booster. Really? And, and yeah. he's got a single coil, uh, really super floating pickup acoustic arch top. Mm-hmm. And he, he won't play without the RC booster. Yeah, it just tightens everything up. It makes the, the high notes a little fatter and takes a lot of the woofiness out of the low strings. Right. So that they sound tighter and they punch and they're clearer. You know, so it really helped a lot. So you're and not boosting or anything. You just no, not really. The gain well, is completely off. But you, you can yep. use a little bit of gain. Yeah. Right. It sounds okay. good with a little bit yeah. of gain. Wow. But I had the gain off, and I had the volume just up a little bit. But it was just, it was just, it was sort of like if I hit the the switch, nothing changed as far as the levels. Right. It just, you know, it just changes the tone and just makes the tone a little bit more punchy and musical. Yep. In a track, right. especially in a track where the bass player and the drummer are wailing. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's like you know <laughs> he's going nuts, and and you know if I had tried to use a single coil, I just don't think it would have even been heard. Yeah, yeah, because of all the the no, the no, well noise. Thanks, <laughs> my, my guy will thank me for that because of the noise, noise. those motherfuckers are making behind me. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> so is it how how has Sin uh, Suntag changed? Guitar, because how old is your guitar? Mine's like twelve years old. Wow, well, Bruce 12 hasn't years. played mine yet, so I'd be interested. I'm to really see curious what he to see. I'll guarantee acoustically, it. it's really different. You know, because I've played <coughs> mine so much, it'll sound it'll sound it'll mine'll sound, sound warmer and more worked in and less yeah. a little less brittle. You know, but how? As I wonder if he's changed to his the way well, he, he builds guitars differently. Nah, that much. Nah, maybe a little. You know, I know that that uh, I've played a couple of his guitars that he's made recently, and they're, I think they're made better than mine. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's you, you would know, hope so. He's twelve years better at yeah. it. Yeah. He know. sent me pictures of the whole process from when my guitar Is that was amazing? a piece of wood. Isn't that amazing? That's the, the thing about end. him. Wow. No other, and, and and believe me, and his arch tops are like a third the price of the average guy who's doing that. And, of course, there is good or better. Um, and he is on on it. You know, like you yeah. see, you, 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 he even, like when, I, when he made mine, he, he uh, called me up, and I wasn't home, so it was on a message machine. Uh, he, like the first note, when he first, first put a string on it and hit it, <laughs> I got to hear like the baby crying the for baby the first crying. time. Yeah, he made me a video of that. Yeah. That's when he first so put cool. strings on it, yeah. he says, okay, I just strung it up and tuned it up, and bling, this is what your guitar sounds like. You know, wow. Of course, it's all wood. It's not finished or yeah. anything. Yeah, right, just, before he finished just, it. Yeah. yeah, and then he sent it to the finisher. But, I mean, I have like about 40 pictures of from when the guitar That's, was just a block of wood yep. until it became what it is. And it was just amazing just to see uh, 
the detail yep. it's just amazing i just i i'm like kind of blown away by how uh handmade it is yeah like there's no machines it's, yeah it's, it's completely done by hand wow. so you see something it's got these splinters hanging all <laughs> off and stuff and i'm like what the fuck yeah you know how's he gonna get rid of all that shit and then he shows the the detailed little things and the little tools. They look like dentist tools. Wow! And he's you know just smoothing it all out, and then all of a sudden it looks like a guitar, man. Yeah. It's amazing. My favorite picture is you showed me how he does the sides, where you have a strip of wood, mm -hmm. you know, that's like very long and thin and and a, like a long rectangle. Yeah. And he bends that. And that becomes the sides of right, the guitar. Right, and the sides yeah. you have to put it into, into form. Yeah, so he showed me how he bent it into form with with you know with these things. He lays it on the table, and it's sort of like a, uh, what you'd imagine like a racetrack to be, where the cones are all over yeah. the place, and he, they're going around the cones to bend into shape. Yep. And then the, one of the coolest pictures I have is when he first puts the back onto the front with the sides... And he's got them all clamped down with about, looks like to be about 20 clamps going all the way around the guitar to clamp it while it's glued. Right. And it's just the weirdest looking picture you've ever seen. Oh, man, uh, that's it's cool. It's just like, what the hell is that? When you first look at it, is that a guitar? And you just start seeing, yeah, that's a guitar under all those clamps. The clamps are big. Yeah. Way yep. bigger than the guitar. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really interesting, man. It was fun to watch it. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. Have you seen those pictures of um, where like a photographer has taken a picture inside a nice acoustic, and it almost looks like a hall, like you're inside a oh, hall. Oh wow! It's the perspective, and you're yeah. inside the acoustic. How, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, I've seen some of them. That'd be kind yeah. of cool. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm dying to see. So is this guitar just sitting in your room? And yeah, you and it I up just all the play time? it every once in a while, yeah. and just just hang with it, and and you know when I do practice playing by myself and just uh just trying to create chord progressions off the top of my head i you i like to use that guitar yeah yeah and yeah it's fun wow so, so yeah scott, man. so we'll be seeing the scott henderson the red guitar show well, i'll definitely use it on the next record <laughs> I, man, we, we can do double red guitar one. bills right. yeah we can do double bills you no, you can sue him for <laughs> taking your show. That's yeah, what. That's I'm the sure way you, I can't trademark red, the you, red guitar. I just it. spray paint my guitar black and call it the black guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Get a can of spray paint. Is it the same red? Well, there's somebody doing a thing called yeah. the white guitar. Jose Neto is doing that. The white guitar. He's got a thing. The man with the white guitar. Yeah, I'm, I'm, but I was way before him, of course. Uh, yeah, I sing. People, a, people. Really, Elton John sue. did the red piano. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, I had already premiered the red guitar long before that. Wow. I think there might be a, a, a theme going on. It's very, you know, whatever. Is, I mean, shit, you know, man. This is, I see racism somewhere tied in here. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, sure, for sure. It's all racism. Fault. Right? <laughs> well, you know, one guy's foreign, one guy's gay. I'm, I'm going to lose all those suits. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any Trump fans will be buying my record. You well, don't, why don't not? Why not? I mean, now what like if Trump? Music. Apparently, what if Trump got a hold of it and started using one of the tracks as he's coming out? Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. No, great? you know, I've actually kind of made a point that that I don't, I, I don't cross the political and art boundaries. Like, I hate Scientology, but I'll buy a Chick Corea record because he's a great musician, right? So I don't let that affect, you know. And I'm sure if somebody likes this kind of music enough to buy my record he's not going to give a shit if i don't like trump i'm actually friends with a few trump supporters that do buy my music right so i'm not you know i don't think that's going to affect anything your political thing it, it stands on another plane yeah. of art yeah yeah man people are cool let them be there you know whatever. yeah whatever you know i mean uh, we take you know, there's been a few artists that have said nah trump you can't play our music there's been quite a few. Yeah, well, no, I know. There are people that have, yeah. have asked him not to play the music. That's that's yeah. understandable. That's totally. that, yeah. That's okay. But I'm just saying, what a person likes and what a person doesn't like, man, when you get to know him, 
you we're find that, that there we're all people and we all have reasons for what we do and boy it'd be sure nice if we could all talk to each other instead of being in this echo chamber just sort of yeah. yelling at each it's other true. Well, that's that's where we're trying to get it's back true. to i think i feel like we're maybe we're near the peak of the hill maybe we're heading down the other side I where we're starting really i think i i sure hope so man right it's, it's so it's so filled with animosity now everywhere but you got to admit there's good reason for it because you've got people like, you know, like you got women feeling like they're in the handmaiden's tail. Yeah. And you just don't but want women to feel that way. On the, on the other side of it, maybe Trump was the best thing that happened to America because now we have all these women running for office. Yeah. We've had a massive surge of people standing up for their rights. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is what America needed, a good kick in its ass to, to realize that, hey, we need to be better than this. Sort of like a political 9-11 in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's like pretty It brought funny. us closer together in a way. You right. Know, but, 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 yeah. I mean, I, how many Democrats need to be running? I don't know, but it's, uh, it's interesting times. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely changed. I'm not quite sure if it's for the better or for the worse, but it definitely has changed people's outlooks on stuff but especially the people that are actually involved like being a white guy i have no dog in the fight yeah you know but being a black guy being shot by a cop for no reason than being black or being a a, a, you know a woman who 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 got pregnant and is freaking out about and lives in alabama is freaking out because she's gonna have to go to some sleazy doctor with a coat hanger for an abortion yeah right. you know or, or being gay, I mean, you know, those are people who really have a dog in the fight. They're, those people are fired up, and I don't blame them. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, man, it's different for, for them, and, and it's hard times for them. When someone, I'm sure if someone uh, stepped on my rights, and all of a sudden I can't play music anymore because somebody thinks it's immoral, or something like that, or, you know, I can't walk my dog because somebody thinks it's immoral, then, yeah, I'm going to fucking fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I feel like I'm just doing my little job to fight for those people that because I do have gay friends. Yeah. And, you know, and I do have black friends. And uh, I do have female friends. Not any pregnant ones. (laughs) (laughs) But... <laughs> not so fast. Yeah, not so this fast. tour has only started <laughs> that <Scott>. I know of. <laughs> but yeah, yeah right, man, man, I mean, you know, you want to be on the side of just uh, of 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 open-minded thinking, and what really just freaks me out is not so much. It's not. It's not about Trump anymore for me. No, it's about it's evangelical Christians. Mm. And about how they would get behind one of the most vile people, regardless of holding the office of president or not. Who cares yeah. if he's president? That they would pick some scumbag, like a Vegas scumbag, right? Uh, you know, who who's one of the most vile people, narcissistic, fucked up, like mentally challenged, emotionally challenged, just a complete fucktard. Yeah. Why would anybody that calls themselves a Christian be behind this fucking motherfucker? Right. That's what I don't understand. It's, it's because fucked up. Because the Christians that I know hate Trump. Yeah. Like they, they would just go, why would anybody, why would someone call themselves a Christian and pray for this bastard? Especially not pray for him to change, but pray for him to defeat his enemies. Oh, they think like, he's the next coming. Like, he's, like he's a think king. He's, they think he's a prophet. Yeah. They think he's the, 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 the um, what do you call him? The, um, the, I don't know what they call him. What's that book? Revelation? Yeah, yeah. Revelation, yeah. whatever. Maybe they, he's the Antichrist or somebody. It's almost, it's like, and yeah, it's, it's, it's. I don't know. It's fucked up. You know, I was brought up as a Christian, but I don't certainly don't believe in it now. But but I I um, just wonder because you know when all my teachings, you know, from being grown up Christian, had nothing to do with hating gay people or no. or, or or hating black people or being a racist or anything. God, there were tons of black people in the churches that I went to. Yeah, yeah. So I I don't know. You know, I just don't know where that stuff comes from. Did you have you seen the Netflix series? Um, the one about the park, the 
Parkland Five or whatever. It, oh man, you got to watch it. Mm-mm. It is so good. Central Park. Central Park Five. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's spend the time. It is yeah. so well. Maybe done. I'll get it for the road. It's uh yeah. It's definitely a great watch. But yeah, yeah man, it's interesting times. And Guitar Wankers has has made it all through. Yeah, we haven't had a political show, and I was thinking about that the other day. We haven't had a political. We used to get maybe one or two emails like, "Oh, guys, you got to stop with the political stuff." So, for every ten listeners, maybe, maybe every hundred listeners, we might have one person complaining, and you know. Of course, yeah, that's how the we don't have a hundred. <laughs> we don't have a hundred <laughs> listeners. We, well, I'm, I was exaggerating. I was using Jesus, it as exaggeration. What are you talking yeah. about? The one guy that's listening. Yeah, yeah. Nah, but, it's just, yeah, we haven't. It's just some funny stuff. I'm just involved in it because of Facebook. Because I see these posts on Facebook of. You know, this guy and that guy says this and that. And, right. you know, this guy says that if Trump's not reelected, there's going to be a civil war. I, <laughs> I'm like, I, okay. I kind of believe that's going to happen, man. I think a lot of people are going to uh, die if Trump doesn't get in. I don't think it'll be a civil war. I think there might be some violence. Yeah, there'll be some violence. It's not, not going to be civil a civil war, war because the, the, the people that approach this are going to be fading, facing the might of the U.S. Army who can vaporize you from like 50 miles away. So I don't really don't, see that. Yeah, there won't be a civil war. But there'll be violence and yeah. they've got a lot of guns. There, there so might I be think some it's... violence, yeah, because the hillbillies will come out in full force yeah. with the, waving their Confederate flags and not realizing that they lost the last war. <laughs> so, you know what I find amusing or I find kind of funny? Not funny, actually. It's kind of sad. But uh, when was World War Two? That was... That 40, was end of, in ended the 40s, 44, right? 45. Yeah. Right? Ended. Yeah. And you had the Civil War, which was about 80 years before that. Right. Right? Now, I don't see a lot of Nazi flags being waved in Germany, right? But yet, yeah. in a war that happened 80 years before World War II, you still see Confederate flags everywhere in the United States, which pretty much stand for slavery. Yeah. You think about it. Yeah, yeah. A Confederate sure. flag. I mean, that was the main issue of the Civil War. So, yep. you know, and so if you if you're flying a Confederate flag, you're sort of saying like, I wish there were slaves. <laughs> it's too bad there aren't any slaves anymore. And it's kind of weird to see that you know that flag still flying around when the Nazi flag is basically an aberration. Yeah, in every part of the world, but the Confederate flag seems to be more about but, Southern culture, and I'm going, yeah, right. But do you think they get it that it's so associated? They probably don't get it that it's so associated associated with slavery. I don't see why they. I wouldn't. hope they don't. Well, I hope not too. You know, I would like to give them the benefit of the doubt, but you got to. Well, wasn't it on the General Lee in the Dukes of Hazard? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. There's a fucking big mistake right there, yeah, right? It was a I'm TV sure was. show. And in Australia, but, we we bought into all that. I don't think we associated that flag with slavery. Well, I'm sure black people do. Oh, hell, they, yeah, they do. Yeah, so, right? so seeing that if black people do, why shouldn't everybody? Well, it's ignorance. We're just not educated. Y- yeah, please don't say we. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Let's I'm just not them. educated. Let's but say yeah. them. <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, it's true. And it, mean, it wasn't a big stink until well, when did this all come up? Well, basically when Trump was, right. you know, I mean, I mean, Trump sort of, I mean, when you think about it, it's not so much the man, but the... The, the idea. The, the, the sort of the, the racist <clears throat> that came out of the woodwork when he sort of made it okay to be a racist. Yeah. In yeah. other words, there were, there were the, you know, the, the, the incident, incidences of racial unrest like, like tripled after he got elected. Yeah. You know, now like guys, Ku Klux Klan guys are coming right out into the public wearing their uniforms and it just didn't happen when Obama was president. Yeah. Very rarely. Yeah. Now it's sort of like they got a red, they, they, the, the, the flag is up to just they got the big green light. They man. got the green light, right? Yeah. And 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 so it's sort of just like exposed the really worst part of America, you know, or the most backward thinking part of America, which is upsetting. Yeah, it upsets a lot of people. You know, Not you know what is also interesting? Going through these times, musically, 
I'm not seeing a lot of political songs, or maybe I'm just not listening to the right stuff. But it's not like back when, say, well, you're Dylan. Not maybe you're not listening to enough country music. <laughs> well, I don't think they're touching on it either, yeah, man. Maybe not. I don't know, really, to tell you the truth. My music doesn't have any words, so I have no idea. <laughs> it's kind of interesting that, like, back in the day, yeah. it was Dylan and all these other people speaking out. Yeah. And well, there's musicians speaking out, but they're all on Facebook speaking in... in uh, you know, I mean, there's so many who I guess it just depends on what who you chose to be your Facebook friends. But 90 percent of the stuff that I see on Facebook is pretty anti whatever's going on now, which is anti racism, anti. Uh, but that's um, isn't that the, that's what I hate about Facebook. Like you it really works to build your own bubble. Doesn't it? It does, kind of, yeah. Which sucks. Like, I don't get don't, anything yeah. out of what I like. If I like this, I start seeing a ton of this shit. And right. whatever I like, I just get more yeah. of. You don't see a lot of things from the other side. But the, but you know what? Sadly, the, the posts that I have seen from the other side are not very encouraging. Because they are racial. Or mm. they are anti-gay. Or they are anti-women's rights and and that makes me go whoa i guess by thinking that all these trump supporters actually do have these terrible qualities i'm i guess i'm right you know i haven't seen a whole lot of trump supporters coming out and saying well i stay i'm i'm for gay rights and i'm for women's rights and and i like black people but i'm voting for trump, for trump yeah i haven't seen a whole lot of that no you know, so so I don't I don't know. But that's I mean, the problem with I think Facebook and all this social media bullshit is it creates the bubble that you want to see. Yeah, I guess so. I probably shouldn't be on it as much. I should be practicing. I'm, <laughs> well, you just made an album. Now you get uh, to go. Yeah. Are you promoting online, or will you be promoting well, you online? Know, I just hired a publicist, and he's really good. Right. And, okay. And he does all that stuff. He's already got me like three reviews which is amazing because he hasn't even come out yet and i already have three reviews wow and and uh he got were they, me, where they were, were they? very favorable yeah good reviews yeah 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 the people really liked it and um and and uh some interviews with some magazines in europe because i gave him the tour date so he's yep. calling the uh, magazines that are in the cities that i'm playing and trying to get me interviews and stuff of course i'll get all covers you know fusion guitar player they're yeah. bound to give me the cover. So because <laughs> they always give covers to fusion guys. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh so it's it's in the works and all that stuff and just trying to promote it as, as best I can. What That's do you what you have to do when you put it out yourself. It, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do everything. Gotta I have um given this guy's name to so many of my friends who are doing their own records. Yep. And they all just love this guy. His name is Billy James. And it's Glass Onion Press. Glass Onion Press. Yeah, is, he, is he here in L.A.? Or no, he's he in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Wow. And he just does such an amazing job even internationally. Yeah. And everybody that I've given him to, uh, you know, referenced uh, him to, have just loved working with him. And they said they just don't regret it. Wow. For a second that he's gotten them lots of stuff. Yeah. He's just a really great guy, man. Great, yep. great at what he does. Billy James. Uh, Billy James, yeah. Good. So hope I'm 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 in I feel like I'm in good hands because he did Vibe Station and yep. he did uh, some other records that I was on and he got tons of press. Yeah. And he's a good guy for that. Uh, these days, um, these modern publicists, they have email lists with like fifty thousand or what am I talking about? Like five hundred thousand right. names where he puts your press release in an email and sends it directly to the guy that's going to buy your record. Yeah, yeah. So you don't even really actually need press anymore. Yeah. Like, it's great if you can be covered by a magazine or whatever, but he's emailing directly to the buyer. And there's the album cover and, and here's where you can buy it and here's the link. Just hit this link and you're there and you buy it and sending that out to like 500,000 people. Yeah. So that's like that's, huge. that's what you're paying for right. to get that email yeah. list. Yeah. And it's worth every penny of 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 the money. And they, these modern publicists have these big giant ass lists. Yeah. So and they're getting into the right hands. What do you want from this album? 
Money. Besides. <laughs> <laughs> that was a loaded question. I knew I was walking into that one. Money. I got a kid in private school, man. I what, need the money really bad. What do you... Usually when your albums come out, do you find that like you're out in the road and then people are already learning, trying to learn your shit and trying to cop stuff from it? Well... Not yet, but I will do a play-along version of it, just like I did for Vibe Station. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, I will get to work on that as soon as I get home. And people really enjoy that because they can, you know, they can take the guitar tracks out yep. and, and play along with the bass and drums. And it's what a great rhythm section to, to, yeah, to, to right? get to play with. You yep. know, it definitely beats Jamie Amersall. I'm sorry. <laughs> And they get the chord, the chord progressions for the tunes, and there's some one chord vamps and stuff, and they get to play with a really professional rhythm section, and um, and or they can uh, just listen to the guitar track by itself and listen to how sloppy I actually play. <laughs> which and you always good comedy. And you play. offer that as a, just buy that online and you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've sold something like a hundred and fifty from Vibe Station. Wow, and it's forty bucks. And right. you get you get the uh, stems of the bass, and yeah. it's drum stems and the guitar stems, and you just plop them into your DAW, and and you can remix the record if you think the mix sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you can turn the guitar. You're down. not putting all the various. So you're just like basically one guitar, one drum, yeah, one. Yes, unless the guitars <laughs> really split off into something that I think would be nice for them to have the comping yeah. and the solo. So if they want to solo... Oh, yeah, but in general, you're them. just giving them like three tracks. It, pretty much. Yeah. Sometimes four or five, yeah. depending on... Like I would like to give them the comping for the guitar, so if they want to play a solo, they can have the comping. Right. You know, and... and now, what, what happens if, say, if I buy it, and then I take one of your guitar tracks and use it in a trailer... Perfect. And I get and I get a ton of money. More Do I have to pay you? Me. I have to pay you still? No. Really? I don't think so. No. It's a straight no. it's a buyout? It's a buyout. Well, I'd pay you. You can use it for I'd anything you, you want. Yeah. I'd, I'd give you money. Yeah. I think it's I think it's um well a lot of a lot of guys I think buy it because they're guitar players and they want to suss out the tone without listening to the bass and drums. Yeah. Because it's one thing when you hear guitar tone. Like I was telling you on one podcast, I remember I bought back when that company was in business. Uh, it was called Jamit. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you could buy tons of rock albums in this format with the bass, drums, and guitar. And man, when I heard Richie Blackmore's tone without the bass and drums, I freaked it was because I was like, I could clearly, I could copy it. Like I could get out my Marshall and I could match it. Right. And I realized that on, like, on a lot of tracks, the mid-range is completely off mm. on the amp. Yeah. I never would have thought that in a million years because he's known for like having kind of a mid-rangey tone. But the tone is coming from the mic. Right. You know, the, the, the weird mic, because he didn't use 57s except for live. He used those big Neumann, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why his sound is so dark on a lot of those Deep Purple records, yet you hear a live Deep Purple and it's really bright. Yeah. You yeah. know, like like the treble's on 10, <laughs> the presence is on 10, and the mid-range is off. You're right. And, like, it was so cool to hear that. And I'm sure, like, a lot of people would buy a play-along version so they can just get rid of the bass and drums and check out the guitar tones, what they really sound like, sound without like having to hear them through the bass and drums because it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. And maybe a bass player wants to play along or maybe a drummer wants to play along. Probably a lot of drummers. Yeah. Because they yeah. can turn off the drums and, and jam and to the jam to bass because there's a click included in every yeah. in every thing in every tune. So they can play along to the click. That's really cool. Play along. Yeah. That's a great way to do it. Do things. That's you know it takes fun. it to another level. It's just another fun thing for musicians. Yeah. Yeah, not necessarily music listeners, but guys who want to play along and learn something from, yeah. from, and could be even composers that wonder, like, you know, what chords or what voicings are those, and don't want to bother to transcribe it, which would be really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's the notes all written out, and also written like little O's for the open strings and all that stuff. You, do you do that, or you get someone else to do it? No, I do it. Oh, you do yeah, it? Yeah, because no one else would be able to do it right. Right. Because yeah. they'd probably just it'd be different maybe yeah. they wouldn't hear one note in the chord and they'd write it a different fingering right. but if you write where all the open strings are then there's only one way to finger this guys and yeah. 
and and and, and even if it's something weird, I'll write it. Like, yeah. okay, I know you think it's this, but it's not. It's this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'll say, put your pinky here, and and then get the voicing from that. Yeah. Yeah. Only thing that I won't do is do tab. Right. Because I don't like it. Um, I can't read it myself. And if someone was going to do tab, I mean, I mean, I would have to hire somebody to do tab. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would. You. You think? I don't know. I tab. I'm sure a lot of people would like tab. I know. Um, I just don't understand. It. It bugs me. Like to. It's hard. Like it just looks like Greek to me when I look at it. Because I never used it. So have you used tab a lot? Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I can read not well, but I read enough to to work it out. So and a lot of the time the tab isn't right to what the music is anyway so that's always can't write rhythms with tab no so that's one thing that really well, bothers me how can you write rhythms with tab yeah you can't right no they do don't they? you technically could you could put rhythmic notation underneath tab why not it's just the same as writing a note but the actual tab ch- chunk doesn't have rhythms in it it just has a right right Right, yeah. but you could put stems and circles and I, dots and yeah. and stuff. I mean, it would be a pain in the ass because then if it was an eighth note, it would have to be a white number in a black dot. Ouch. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? You'd have to have And then if custom. it was a half note, you'd have to put the black number inside the bubble. You'd have to have someone custom do it for you. That, actually, I have a student who came up with like a cup, who actually one of his projects was he came up with a tab. Well, they do it like that. Right? Oh. Got it. Okay, so now this would cause a problem for me because everything I play has treble and bass clef. So so you'd have like a grand staff with treble and bass clef. Right. Then you'd have below that the tab. Yeah. yeah. But you don't have to. You could just write ledger lines. Yeah, you, know, you don't need the grand staff to write guitar. Oh, you just you would. Just I mean, do you know you could, you know the low E is just like the ledger lines below the the treble staff. That's true. You would you would do it your way, and then you would get someone else to worry about the tab. Uh, you know, now that I think about it, I have books like this yeah. where it's written. It looks like a pain in the ass. Can I see it? Yeah, the tab's just written under the the real. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that. Oh yeah, that yeah. yeah. So so the yeah so the rhythms yeah. are just above. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so no. I, I had a guy, who, a student who came up with a composite, a composite thing method, and basically what it was is inside, you know, it's you the rhythmic notation was the same, you know, the tab notation was obviously different notes, mm-hmm. but but like it was an eighth note, it was a black dot with the white number you know the number was white inside but if it was a half note it was a circle with a black you know number in it you know so you got basically wrote out the rhythmic notation and then instead of putting notes put tab right it sounds a lot easier just to learn one or the other like learn how to read let me ask you this as a teacher at a school where there are mostly advanced guys yeah do those guys prefer tab to oh um, no one no no one no one prefers. Well, they don't have an option. We don't really even deal with tab. Yeah, see, that's we we teach people how to do I'm it because they, it's used as a uh, teaching device, so they know how to, and they all come knowing how to use it. We don't really even, and, and and I'm I'm not so sure. You know, there are certain things about tab. Well, no, no, never mind. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking <laughs> is I'm thinking you know, and I'm not trying to be an, an asshole or like a, a you know high and mighty or anything but it seems like kindergarten approach to to music like okay put your fingers here mm. without even having to know what any of those notes well are. you know the, the, and i don't want to i don't want to like play into that it's like guys if you want to play guitar learn where the fucking notes are on your instrument that's fair. I mean, it's not like I mean, you're a reader cool. per se no but at least know where the notes are on your right. goddamn guitar right yeah. if you want to be a guitar player that's like saying oh yeah i want to be an airline pilot but i don't want to know what any of these knobs do yeah, you know, I'm you having like, come on. I'm having guys. flashbacks to MI when I remember you saying that in class one day and it hit me as like man, that just yeah, it's like why be a plumber and not know how to 
fix the toilet. Hello, you know. Right. I mean, I just, I just don't want to play into yeah, the dumbness that. of of having someone put but their fingers the, down on a on an instrument and not know what those notes, notes are. are. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. but there is okay. This is where my thought was going before. Okay. Um, <laughs> it came. Back. You know that when you when you want specific fingerings. You know, there's it's it's the detail gets a little murky with you, written you, notes, with yeah. with written notes. You know, because you got to say what what position it is or what finger it is. You know, actually, fingerings don't have anything to do with tab either because that's not finger, exactly you have to put really that with tab. Right. But there are places on the neck that you know that it's a better place to play it, and you want to indicate that when you write. And tab has that built in. Well, that's why I put open. A little. Oh, I have a little thing in front of each chart. It's yeah, a Roman legend. numerals tell you what position yeah. to play it in. If right. there's, if it's a bar, you write a half bar or a full bar. Exactly. You know. Yeah, of course. And I can just do these little shortcuts, like just put an open string. And if you use that open string, common sense tells you how to finger finger the notes. Because right. There's another other way to finger it if you use that open string. Right. Or yeah. to put a bar number, a, a measure number. Uh, not a measure, a fret, number, number. A fret number, and and then they can see, okay, well, this is fret ten. Yeah, right. he's or, playing and, it up and then, there. Okay, that that explains that. So I don't see the reason to use tab when you can easily explain, even if you write a sentence. Yeah, and I've written some <laughs> funny sentences on some of my charts. Hey, like, you I don't. remember I had this bass chart for one of the tunes, Festival of Ghosts, on on um, on uh, Vibe Station. Yeah, and the bass part was a chord that went like. Duh, change one note in the chord, change another chord, change another note in the chord, and it just went back and forth for a long, for the whole length of the solo. Yeah. And then I wrote www.orthopedic.com. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to try to play this, and your fingers are going to be just trashed after you try to play this whole thing. Because Travis used to complain about it. Just, dude, right. can you keep your solo a little shorter? Oh, like, this man. is fucking killing me over here. <laughs> <laughs> well no true fire have got some cool stuff where they um well the, kind of what you're doing but with the actual guitarist they so, do yeah, yeah yeah they'll have robin ford he'll play the solo and mm -hmm. you're playing the rhythm and then he you play the solo it's and, cool and that's i think that's that interactive amazing. stuff is great for students yeah you know plus one of the cool things about it is that it wasn't written as purely education it's a real album yeah so it sort of takes you inside a real record. And if you want to hear the bass track all by itself, and I'm sure Romaine doesn't like it, <laughs> you know, because of anything, the, the bass is the most exposed. Right. Because it's not like there's five basses going on at once. So yeah. you're not going to listen to any one thing. Because, <laughs> like, I get it easy because I got like five guitars going on at once and they're hearing everything at once. So right. not paying attention to just one. But I do have a lot of solos, man, where it's yeah. one single lines. And there's nothing else going on. <laughs> and you can hear all the sloppy shit between the notes. And you can hear, like, all the shit that cymbals cover up. Yeah. You can now, you can hear it. And it yeah. sounds like shit. And you just go, oh, god damn it. Really? Yeah. Is he that sloppy? Yeah. Larry, go, yeah. Larry Carlton does one of his albums on True Fire where you can mix it all and uh -huh. take Larry out or play with yeah. Larry. It's yeah. pretty amazing. It's I don't mind cool. it, man. I think it's kind of cool to hear all those horrible guitar noises that yeah. nobody hears. Slides and you know fret noise and all that kind of crap. It's just it's just it's the nature of the instrument, man. Yeah. You're sliding around on a fretboard with but strings. It, it, it's amazing how different your guitar sound sounds isolated yeah and it does sound different and that's it why it's a big mistake different. though to dial in a great tone without having the band in as well right yeah and i guess that's one reason why really experienced players get great tones because they've done it so much and they've finally they've through many failures which i've had personal personal <laughs> failures that i've had and i've had a lot of them where i listened to the record after it's mixed and mastered and i went well i guess i didn't do such a good job on those guitar tracks because now they're not bright enough or not
Thank you.